Hi, this is Matt Parker, author of A Radical Enterprise, and you're listening to the Agile Uprising Podcast. All right, everybody, you know who it is. We're doing a cold open. You know who it is. You know why I'm hosting. So what are we talking about this week? Well, before we get to that, let's talk about our guests. Our first guest is our returning collaborator. Uh, it's nice working with proper villains again, Mr. Stephen Kellogg. Stephen, thanks for joining. Thank you. Thank you. And another good friend of mine, a fellow a traveler on this agile journey and a, a, a died cynic and a dipped and died cynic in his own right, Mr. Mackenzie Ginnathan. Mackenzie, thank you for joining. Hey, Jay. Hey, Stephen. Uh, Glad to have both of you join me. So what are we going to talk about this week? We're going to talk about the thing that is eating the world right now. And it's two letters. And no, it's not agile. And it's not safe. That's four letters. It's AI. So you can't trip and fall these days without coming across some article, some thought leader, some navel gazing exercise of somebody talking about how AI is going to disrupt X, Y, and Z. And specifically, I gathered Mac and I gathered Stephen because we wanted to talk about what do we think or some of our observations, thoughts, theories around what does what is AI going to do to what we do? And by what we do, I mean the world of agile agility. Is it going to replace Scrum Masters? Is it going to replace product owners? Is it going to replace the entire value chain? We don't know, but we're going to chat about it and we're going to find out. So the first question I'm going to throw to both of you is, is the rise of these uh, AI large language models is it the death of Agile? Stephen? Off the cuff, no. Okay. I think that I can start there and, and see what Mac says, and then we can go into more detail. Okay. What do you think, Mac? Oh, yeah. Completely no. Uh, just straight up. Uh, if anything, it increases the need of Agile mindset and thinking of ways to deliver value faster and adapting to change. I mean, I think of AI, it just decreases decreases the cost of knowledge work by an order of magnitude and that's just going to speed up everyone and everything and so the the need for agile mindset principles values is going to become even more even more important to not just software developers but literally all knowledge workers i would agree i would agree so uh, let's start off with, a, with another question what what are some of the things that we currently do as practitioners, regardless of role, right? Leading a transformation, being a scrum master, product owner, all that sort of stuff, even the RTEs. What are some of the things that we think that the, the rise of these um, AI applications, this AI programming, what, what do we think is going to make our lives easier? Toss up. Yeah, easier for sure is just a lot of that manual grunt work. Uh, so the, the Jira jockeying, setting up meetings, scheduling, typing up notes from a meeting, whatever, a lot of that stuff's going to be automated. So, you know, scrum masters, agile coaches, whatever, it's going to be less of that grunt work. You know, oh, hey, prepare that, that report for the, um, the team or the program level. It'll all be automated. So you don't have to really spend a lot of time doing that. Uh, it'd be more time focusing on people. Steven? Yeah, I think, I think probably people is the biggest piece that we'll be able to focus on right so what are the the complexities we're seeing and the interactions we're seeing and then all that grunt work as matt put it would be much easier now right it's they're already writing plugins for browsers there's all kind of tools already emerging that are gathering chunks of data and saying oh here are the key points here's a summary 
You don't even have to read the whole thing. You can follow up with questions on, okay, give me the details around this specific thing. So yeah, I think all of that is, I mean, even writing user stories, you know, I'm yeah. kind of excited to see the interactions you can have with clients and how you can use the technology to then better define what they're actually looking for. When you use the term grunt work, one of the first things I thought of, and you're both going to giggle because we both have been in this, in this seat, right? One of the things that we're asked to do in every company we ever work at is, can you create a playbook? And you write down, what, explain what the scrum master role is, what the product owner role is. These are those things where, and, and, and one of us can do it. Anyone who's educated, read a book, maybe two, knows how to use Google, can probably write those things. That to me seems to be, if I could, if I could create this, you know, the agile nerd bot, where you go in and ask you questions, it should be able to answer those things. And we shouldn't have to spend, um, spend a whole bunch of time doing like midwit, midwit PowerPoint. Right, like that, that, that just goes away. But but let me ask you a question on the Ooh. back of that. So let's say everybody starts using these the, a large language model to, to gain insight into how this should work, how it should work. Are we inadvertently, not, not specifically, um, are we inadvertently creating some coherence around how different organizations do things? Because they're all going to be going to the model. They're going to be asking questions. Um, depending, upon, and depending upon prompt engineering, which we'll get to in a little bit, more than likely they're going to get answers that the Venn diagram, two different companies asking the same kind of question, they're going to get almost like a 70, 80% overlap. Are they inadvertently coaching themselves so that they know it without them knowing it? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, um, I actually did a, a little experimentation where I try to play out the, the notion of creating your own agile coach agent chatbot or whatever. And so I went to GPT four and, you know, I, pretty much copied and pasted a conversation or written conversation I had with a manager about a difficult situation, like as a kind of tense conversation, copied, pasted it, cleaned it up a little bit. And I just asked, you know, how did I do talking to this person in regards to agile values, aligning with scrum principles, all that good stuff. And it gave me some okay feedback. And then I asked, you know, Hey, how was my tone? What, what could I have said better? And it gave me some pretty good, honest feedback. Here's what you did well. You came off a little defensive here with this specific language, try this. <laughs> and then the next prompt I gave was, okay, awesome. Give me some <laughs> links to resources and where I can learn more about the things that you suggested. And it gave me like, you know, 10 different links where I could go read more. And so we're going to see a lot more of that where people can kind of coach themselves. Uh, imagine, I would yeah. love the computer to tell me, yeah, you were, <clears throat> you were a little bit aggressive there. Um, and then, like, Shocker. Had the robot come back up. Uh, you are from New Jersey, right? Like that's how you know, that's how you know it's truly artificial general intelligence where it goes, are you from New York? Because you sound like you're from New York. But but that's a that's a really interesting point, right? Where you can you can feed it what you're doing and it will come back and say, Yeah, I probably would have zigged here where you zagged, which is really, I mean, it is. It's a it's a self-development tool without planning to be a self-development tool. Yeah. So real quick, throw out some caveats. One is you know, ChatGPT specifically is trained on older data still from 2021, I think, and before. Um, Bing's built on ChatGPT4, but also fine-tuned. Google has got their own piece and Bard, but all of them say, don't just take what it says. You have to know what you're doing, right? So that's where I think there's there's some great benefit in it for learning some basics. Or for quickly doing, I mean, I I got contacted with the, hey, 
would you possibly want to teach, uh, you know, a kind of basic level scrum class? Eh, sure. Let me see. First thing I did, I went out there and said, hey, give me an outline for a basic scrum class. <clears throat> Looked at it and said, yeah, that's pretty good. I'd probably add this in. I'd probably change that. But I mean, so that saved me a bunch of time. But the caveat is you have to know that what you're looking at, if you have enough knowledge in the project or the product right. or the concept, then you can use it effectively. If you don't, you could get very misled. Hung up. Yeah. To your earlier comment um, about, you know, kind of cross-pollinating one kind of standard, I, I think it's very similar to Google searches, right? I'll get people who say, man, I can't find anything on XYZ. And I can spend 30 seconds and say, here's four resources, go use it. <laughs> Why? Because I asked it in a different way, right? So I think even that's going to keep separation. Even if you're asking along the gen same general lines, you're going to get different answers because True. you're going to phrase it different ways. So True. True. I, I um, kind of look at it too. That's really quick. Like, you know, like how safe kind of took over. People are just copying each other. They're copying, oh, well, this person's doing that, that person's doing that. So if everyone's kind of going to ChatGPT and like Stephen is saying and asking kind of the same questions, they're going to get the same answers and they're going to kind of get like watered down responses. But it'll be those true innovators that step outside the bounds and really critically think about their context and their problem that they're going to use these tools to get the, that extra step on the competition. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and actually, it's an interesting question on Disruptor. Sorry, Jay. Um, <laughs> about... I, I do see potential for it to disrupt the certain shirt industry, right? So mm. from that part of Agile, I could see, I, I think if they're, it's the same thing. I had somebody recently asked me, what are we going to tell clients when they're, you know, freaked out about chat GPT or AI in general? We're going to tell them what we tell everybody. It's a new technology, figure out how to embrace it and how to make it benefit your world and figure out how to protect against people using it to disrupt your world, right? Right. It's, it's equal parts, um, it's equal parts caveat emptor, but also you'd be silly to not at least look at it and entertain Absolutely. the notion, right? Because there is an and opportunity. And I don't care what there. business it is. I, I mean, it's, it, there's a play for it in every business. I, I hope Google comes up with a plugin that I can have it scan all of my Gmail correspondence and then it could start auto-generating email responses for me. That would be great. Like imagine Outlook. Well, I actually, I actually Outlook. read an article where a guy <laughs> took a big Gmail or not Gmail. He took a big email thread, pasted it in and said, summarize. <laughs> and it did. It would say, here's your summary. The The, the disaster there would be if... Mackenzie is my boss and it scans my email correspondence with Mackenzie, but it also scans my IMs where I'm emailing Steven and saying, yo, Mackenzie is an idiot. And then it tries to do an auto response com combining yeah. the two. And it yeah. says, Mackenzie, um, you may be an idiot, but here's the answer to the look you're looking for. Right. I, uh, right. when, when AI gets you fired, right? When AI gets you fired. But so they actually have tools now that, that actually you run on your desktop and they track everything you're doing and so then the next day you can say where did i leave off yesterday what was i going to head to do today what do i have remaining from yesterday that needs picked up i mean they have tools now that that are doing that and it's all tracking everything i am web browsing tasks you're working on documents you're doing yeah a little bit big brotherish, but there is a productivity hack in there somewhere correct so do we do we all three agree that I think the biggest the biggest opportunity this type these type of tools are going to offer us is 
the ability to spend more time leaning in on the people side of what we're doing. The, the, I hate to use the culture word, but it really is the culture and the people. And I know me personally, and, and Mac, you and I have worked on some stuff, but we've spent some time building PowerPoints. And it would have been great if we could have just said, here's the outline, fill this in. But instead, in lieu of that, while that time is spent, you and I actually go out to the people we're going to be sitting in a room with and say, hey, can we let's just chat about this for a bit? I want to gather some more inputs of what your ideas are and what are the things that you're ruminating on? Because maybe I can go back to the well. I do think there is a big, big opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be the same thing, garbage in, garbage out, right? So it's the same thing with what we've said for years. You need to be able to have people who can do critical thinking, who need to be able to correctly identify, mm-hmm. hey, here's a complex situation. Here are the keys we need to focus on. All right. Well, then you can turn into say, hey, what are some ideas around helping to solve this particular problem? Uh, pivoting the conversation a little bit. So we've talked about we've talked about the 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 time waste that we we currently spend building material. That's I mean, how many times have each one of us written an Agile one on one deck? Probably we uh, we could probably write at least six or seven like encyclopedic in, in novels at this point <laughs> if we compile all that content. Um, one of the things you were poking at, Mackenzie, in our conversation, which I thought was really fascinating to ruminate on, the idea of agile at scale and descaling. So what does this type of AI tool, this large language model, what does that do for our world in, in regards to scaling? But is it really scaling or is it descaling? What, what are your thoughts, Mac? Yeah, I've been thinking about this more and more, and I really do think it's going to offer a huge opportunity to descale the organization. Where, like I said before, if knowledge work just becomes an order of magnitude cheaper to perform, what opportunities can you do to just remove a lot of the bloat in an organization? So I did a little bit of research. I was kind of thinking about all the different functions that you need to perform to you know, build, deploy, and maintain, and even optimize like a, a mobile app. And it's, just, it's a lot of, a lot of uh, functions. You know, imagine if you could embed more and more of those functions onto a specific team. So instead of waiting for someone else in the organization to get something done, it's just a tool or it's an it's a AI chatbot, whatever, that, that performs that function for you on the team. And now you're just speeding things up. And so what does that look like in, in a world where instead of having all these people across the organization helping to support this, this you know, product or value stream, now it's just mostly tools that are automated. So I think it's gonna be a huge opportunity to descale, descale the organization. And you know. I feel like big old frameworks like safe were kind of, you know, like trending down over time. I think that's going to be even more the case going forward. Steven, you think? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's going to be like everything that hits it's the smaller innovative people that are going to take advantage of it first and move on. I think it'll take a little while before it hits the bigger players. Um, you know, enterprise, it's kind of like, Oh, you, Nobody gets fired for hiring IBM was the old saying, you know, so it's the same kind of concept. They're still going to be looking at the big, big names consultancy and not getting fired for bringing them in. Those are still going to use the standard go-to for a while, but at some point it's going to work its way in and then they're going to have to adapt. I, I really like Mackenzie's idea about speed yep. and how, what, what this is going to do to the speed at which we work. So imagine to your point, right? I mean, 
not to say that organizations are bloated. Some are, arguably most are after a certain, after a hundred, after the, the high Dunbar number, after 125, it's all turtles and bloat all the way down. Um, but I do think, imagine if I can sit there and, and tell one of these la- uh, large language models, okay, can you build me a Docker container that contains the code I'm going to paste in below and then build the automation script that will allow me to deploy it on demand via a click of a button and get, and then blah, 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 and it does that. Not, you haven't, I mean, I hate to say you've replaced people because it makes me really uncomfortable to even say those words out loud. Um, but there are functions at certain people that are micro-focused on a specialization. It almost removes the necessity for specialization. And back to, back to one of the best books I've ever read, David Epstein and Range, it actually creates more room for the generalist who just knows how to navigate the pieces. You can have that machine spin up what you need. At this point, you've replaced your Kubernetes guy, you've replaced your Docker guy, you've replaced anybody who, who comes around and consults with building your pipelines. I mean, there's but, an opportunity Jay, here to-, to I still to think that's a yes, that. no, though. Well, go ahead, Mac. What, like, I mean, just play that even more so. I mean, you got compliance, you have accounting, you have like HR, like all these things you can start embedding more and more of those functions on the team where you've got a, a bot that reviews your app for compliance and flags things and, and provides suggestions in order to correct them. And the team doesn't have to wait for your compliance guy. You know, accounting, funding, that could just be a bot that's like, hey, you know, you have a rule set that, you know, anything above X amount amount of dollars, like you need to flag and escalate to a human. But below that, if the team is operating within its bounds of, you know, budget and also, you know, rules, just go, just fly. You don't need to ask for funding or whatever. They're just, they're just doing their own procurement. They're just making things happen on their own. So that's kind of what I mean by just embedding all these functions across the organization more and more closer to the team. And it's just gonna make the teams be able to fly if they want to. And so Stephen, I wanna to go to your, before I go to your point, Mackenzie, you just made me think, so that doesn't remove the necessity for compliance or right. legal. What compliance or legal does changes to, you now own the, the, the pattern that is then yeah. used and applied across everything. So yeah. your, your background is in compliance, but you have a little bit of, of prompt engineering background as well because you're you need to build the thing that everybody's going to run their stuff through yeah we'll see um more and more people move towards hey you're not you're not the one doing and applying the rule set you're the one kind of tweaking the bot to apply the rule set on your behalf right so it's like i i mean steven i know we move on to you but like in general i think of every single person and organization is going to move up this abstraction level so the things that we did before, everyone, developers, testers, accountants, lawyers, everyone's going to move up this abstraction layer where the problems and the, the knowledge that you work on just goes up. So Stephen, you kind of mentioned that a little bit before, like critical thinking and problem solving. It's going to be way, way more of that as opposed yeah. to this root memorization, you know, uh, understanding mm-hmm. rules and language and this stuff like that. No, it's kind of gone. It's more abstract, creative problem solving. Yeah, I think I think there are things. So, you know, that I'm old enough to remember when Front Page came out, and it was going to be the end of developers, right? And I was like, it's <laughs> not the end of developers at all, and it wasn't. Um, but to you, what you were saying earlier, Jay, about you know, oh, I need I need it to write this code. Well, what do a lot of developers do now? Hey, I have an issue. They go on Stack. They go before. online yeah. exactly. <laughs> And they say, oh, that does what I need mostly, copy, paste, go, right? So it just takes that a step further and makes it to to Mac's point. Those things that just consume a bunch of time are not going to be the things consuming time anymore. 
I kind of go back and forth between like your comment about generalists and and experts in a specific area because the the pieces to the complex problem solving that's what you're still going to need strong developers to do right that's that's the piece you need them and want them focusing on you don't want them focusing on all the stupid stuff along the way right right, right. so i think this is this i mean you're saying the same things but it's just it allows us to focus more and use that human brain on the things that matter that are complex Right. that take nuance to understand how we're doing things so jay kind of like your point about the generalists I, I i tend to agree that you know people who understand a broad set of knowledge will be able to leverage these tools better because they know what questions to ask and right. they, they know oh this this doesn't sound like a good answer i need to go do more research right. but if you don't have that general knowledge you're like oh that, that sounds plausible and the way these tools respond I mean, it's not, they sound so confident. You just have to believe them. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of a problem too. I think uh, journalists will, will tend to do better in the future as well. One thing I just want to quickly touch on too is, you know, I think just in general, me mediocrity is kind of over. So if you're mediocre at your job, you might be in trouble. You got to bring that something extra special, that creativity, that problem solving. And really what I think of is just that, that humanness. You need to bring that humanness that the AI can't can't re replicate right so that's gonna be very very important going forward and it, yeah if you're just you know a paper pusher like i know how to process these you know paperwork or bureaucracy you know it's not gonna go well and i i think that's the same thing that's seen with i have no experience i go get a cert in x framework i can't mm -hmm. just take what i learned there and be successful right i have to be able to critically think about what do i apply where what makes sense in this context? So to me, I'm excited because I think to be successful, people are going to have to understand business more and what the business is trying to do, which mm. has been one of my big pet peeves, right? I'm always preaching. I want to know the why of the business so that I can explain that and translate it into something the teams can understand and get behind. Well, right. I really resonate with that because that, that aligns with my, you know, moving up the abstraction layer. Exactly. Where, and that, that not only applies to people, like I said, but also teams and organizations. So if you're a team, you ha will have to move up the abstraction layer of the business. So you're not just thinking of tactically, how do we get, you know, right. build this product because someone told us to, it's like, what is the business strategy? Like we need to deeply understand that because we have the power of these tools to get stuff done faster than we've ever had before. So, you know, the executives don't have time to kind of review the status of all the teams and just process and in, they're, they're doing the intake of work and, and delegating out to the teams. The teams just need to be able to go and fly themselves. So like they understand the intent of the business and they can go execute on their own independently. I, I'm going to yes and that with the whole, the whole intent behind this agile thing was to get the teams closer to the customer because now you have the customer, you have the business, and then you have IT. And right. the, this has all been centered upon moving IT and the business closer together, or even uh, not even IT and the business closer together, IT closer to the customer, yeah. right? Using the business as well. To your point about abstracting up, right? And, and widening the aperture. What you're actually doing is you're forcing IT and the business to be on even keel, working evenly with the customer, because the only way you'll be successful in building the tools and, and things necessary to make your customers happy is if you truly understand what is motivating your business and, and 
the uh, kind of the ugly details. Some of the ugly details about how the sausage is made, right? Like that gone are the days of. I mean, when I first started as a as a project manager, you had PMs that just knew project management. Same, it's the same thing with agile coaches that just know save, right? Yeah. They yeah. know this one thing, and they're like, "Oh, well, the widgets changes, and it's fine because I know the the process." Where we have reached the point, and it goes back to I'm going to harken back to Mackenzie's remark about speed, where you need to understand the widget. You need to understand what sausage you're actually making because that is going to tie, that will definitely um, taint your decision-making. It'll put a different lens on your decision-making because this is, this may be the wrong thing programmatically. Maybe this app I'm building might be a little kludgy, but it's what it's, it's destinationally true to where we want to go with our customer. I want to get my hand on one of these things and play with it. Go on, Mackenzie. No, yeah, I was just, I was just agreeing. Yeah, I, I was going to jump in with you know, just a slight different approach, but it's very similar to what you're saying on the speed of things. So if you look at um, product-led growth and, and the push to pull the marketing and sales team actually into the product more, I think this has that same effect. Mm-hmm. So your, your effect of speed is, I mean, I, Big surprise, Jay. I'm mentoring another small startup. <laughs> so as part of that, we all we have to come up with all the text for the website. Okay, what's your core? What are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. Boom. Okay, how does this work? All I was doing was sitting back. I wasn't using Chat GPT. I was using another site that actually pulls across three different um, language models, right? And then I looked at all three, and I was like, mm, I kind of like this one. I I'd paste it in the chat. What do you think of this one? Yeah, that's good. All right, let's tweak it here. All right, let's go. That's a non-marketing person generating core marketing stuff, right? So that goes back to what Mac was saying. How much of that can we start generating? Then you just have somebody in marketing, maybe they do a quick pass review and say, yep, looks good. Let's go. Exactly. Compliance. You hit all these same things on compliance. Yep, let's go. Exactly. That's what I mean by bringing more functions into the team level. Right. Um, yep. And I could almost imagine where if you're a bigger business, you're, you're kind of be forced to create little mini centers of entrepreneurship where you can't afford for things to pass through like the, this hierarchy of the organization. You kind of need like a more of a hub and spoke model where mm-hmm. these, these like little spokes are out there operating on their own. And maybe there's some like loose coupling between them um, because yeah, just like that, like you, like, now we're turning into a world where a handful of people can just accomplish so much. It's kind of crazy. Now I just looked up some stats to, to kind of help make this point. You know, this is back like, I don't know, 10, 10 years ago. So now think about the acquisition of Instagram and WhatsApp. So at, I don't know if you guys know this, but at, at the time of acquisition, Instagram had 13 employees, 13 employees, and they were acquired for a billion dollars. You know, WhatsApp was acquired for 19 billion, 55 employees. And that was like 10 years ago without these large language models. So now we're going to go into this future where just like, like five people, five people could create like a billion dollar company very quickly. Uh, Scott Galloway, the, the dog has been talking about in ages for his podcast that he is convinced that in his lifetime, we will see the first trillion dollar one person startup. He said he is convinced. It's there's so much out there now. It's like you said, it's, it's I mean, the orchestration, understanding how the pieces to put together. There, there is the the guy that did the chat GPT is my CEO. 
Hey, chat GPT, I have $1,000. I want to spend no more than one human hour. What business? Tell me how to create the business. It basically did an Etsy t-shirt site. It auto-generates all the, all the images for the t-shirt are AI generated, and he's making money. So that's a piece that we maybe we might want to pick at. Um, you talked about image generation, right? So right now we've been talking about the large language models as as help for content, um, helping coaching, helping us understand, you know, what are some of the decisions we should make. I think there's also a niche in there, an opportunity for stuff like what is that, stable diffusion and mid journey, where it's generating these amazing, amazing images. I mean, you think about. Think about, I mean, here I'm going to go back to PowerPoint, right? PowerPoint could become the most powerful tool ever. You know, it, it could finally uh, dethrone Excel as the only number one application that should be level one support application in the company. But imagine, Mac, think about um, some of the content we've done where the longest part wasn't writing the content. It was trying to figure out how to find that image that makes it work, doing the word art in a way that it makes it makes the whole idea cohesive. You put these two things together. You, I really think you, there's an well, opportunity think, there to come out with some really wild, resonant visuals. That I you're not, think I, I mean, sent you the the link. Sorry, I thought you were, you were right. No, 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 go ahead. But I, I think I sent you the link where the guy took all the instructions from MidJourney on how it works and prompted ChatGPT, here's all the detail about how this works, and then said, now, I want you to write me a good prompt to use for mid journey. And he basically gave a one liner and it spit back very detailed description that he then pasted back into mid journey and got some phenomenal pictures. That is amazing. Like that is truly amazing. I, I, I looked at, um, I think I said it to you, Steven, as a joke. I definitely didn't send it to you, Matt, because I'm oh, a yeah. on my inappropriate memes list. Um, the scene that they did of Harry Potter, where it's a Balenciaga cart, it's oh. a Balenciaga ad. Have you seen it, Mac? I love it. And now that that's becoming a trend. I saw one for um, Breaking Bad. That's the newest one. So they did something very similar to that, but with Breaking Bad vibes. It's It really is kind of impressive. And the other, I mean, the scary part is there was another thread I came across, which is, People generated uh, pictures for events that didn't happen. Yeah. So it was With like presidents. There, yeah, there was um the one of Donald Trump being wrestled to the ground by the police like Joe Pesci in what was that casino? I was like, oh my god, this is brilliant. But they did one where there was the Great Cascadia earthquake of two thousand and one. There was um there was pictures behind the scene pictures of them faking the Apollo moon landing like that's the kind of stuff where it's really going to get wild. But think about so think about all the time we spend trying to visually represent the content that we create. That is a whole different monster to go down that path of hey help me help me tie these ideas together because I have used I have used ChatGPT um in the book I'm working on not to write the copy but help me rethink of the the concepts I gave it all the concepts I'm working with. And I kept changing the prompt to have it rethink how I'm looking at these things. I could probably take those results, feed it into one of these things. If you give me back an image, which will tie all this together, because I have five or six different um, concepts, mental models, all built in together. I bet you, I should probably try that as an experiment. It's probably, it'll probably come back with something which would be something I'm not even thinking of, but it would make sense. Totally. At I mean, least I a starting point that you can then say, ah. Oh great idea thanks and then tweak it to to meet what you need right but that, that goes back yeah. to what we said earlier which is why you need can to know you the do that yeah because you know the content and you right. can say this is a valid starting point 
Right, right. So, so maybe we've come full circle in the sense of you do, you are still going to need experts in a, in a, in a, in a, in a regard, but it's going to be Mackenzie as a generalist comes up with this thing and then turns to me and says, Jay, you're a compliance guy. Here's what the model told me. I think this makes sense. What am I not seeing? Right. So, so is the, I'm going to, I'm going to go back on my own statement. Does the future become generalists with some hyper focus specialists on, on like obscure nuance and the really like, like kernel operating kernel level detail. Is that maybe, is that maybe the future? I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, but maybe, maybe there's a place for people like that who know something so well that you can just look at it and say, yeah, this is completely right. Or don't go anywhere near this. The problems are multi, multi-part there, 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 there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, first first gut reaction to that is I, I think there will always be a place for specialists. Um, I think you can see things shifting, like the, the power dynamics between specialists and generalists, um, given these tools. Um, but I think, like I said, whether you're a generalist or a specialist, there you will have to move up that abstraction layer because the tools do so much so fast. And uh, one thing we haven't really touched on is so cheap, so, so cheap. Right. So if you're an organization, I mean, we're kind of going back a little bit, but if you're an organization and I can get, you know, an agile coach chat bot, that's like 15%, 20% of a real agile coach. Well, yeah, it's not as good, but guess what? That chat bot costs like $300 a year versus an agile coach that costs like $150,000 a year. So it's, right. it's another thing, like a, a tweak to look at like the implications of these tools. Yeah, the cost, you're right. We haven't even touched on the cost aspect where maybe it's, maybe it makes sense. For instead of me to hire three agile coaches, uh, four agile coaches at 150 grand a year, right? So that's 600 grand a year. Maybe I hire one really, really, really good one at like 280, augment him with some of the automated tools. And then he is there not only to, when someone comes and says, is this right? But they can also add the nuance and the human flavor to what the tool is spitting out vis-a-vis. This is how you should work. This is how you should think. Yeah. So maybe that's, it's an augmentation of someone who has the skill as opposed to a replacement. Totally. Um, like I said, like that, that's like the whole notion of like mediocrity is over, that like you can't be mediocre in anything anymore. And I think it will be a lot of augmentation. Um, you know, the chatbot, it maybe not as good, but guess what? It never goes on PTO. It never has HR issues. Uh, it's dirt cheap. It never gets tired. Currently, and, it might have some HR issues. I'm just going to oh, say. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. But you can tweak out what's cool. Right. Is, um, that's a good point. It, it, it could have an HR issue like once, but if you tweak it, that one HR issue is gone forever yeah. for everyone, as opposed to, oh, well, we have to get rid of that one person. Hey, that next person we get, I hope they don't have that same issue too. Right. Um, yeah, right. that, you you can programmatically concern, eliminate it going forward. Yeah. The other concern right now is people are taking work-related stuff and pushing it directly through chat GPT without sanitizing it or mm. through other, I shouldn't just say chat GPT, but I'm wondering, you know, how soon they're going to shift out. So, I mean, like, what, what was it? Bloomberg came out with Bloomberg GPT. It's based on all of their former data, right? Makes sense. Um so I, I wonder where companies are going to start aligning that saying, okay, well, hey, here are our HR policies. So whatever you're putting out, does it align with that? Here's mm-hmm. our marketing policies, even things like, you know, a quick scan. Are you using the right hex code for your colors? Nope. Hey, this flag, this one, it's not right. Just yep. to your point, yep. Mac, that's the simple quote unquote, simple stuff that consumes so much time. 
I think a lot of that's going to start seeing automation. I, I, I'm mostly curious for when we get to a point where we will be able to have our own like personal LMM where I could say, okay, go to this Google drive. And in this Google drive, I have all these documents that I have written. Uh, crawl all that and then come back and tell me if you had to generalize that into a thesis with supporting argumentation and references, how would you do it? Or look at this, like uh, imagine, imagine us being able to feed all of our transcripts into one of those giant things of all the episodes yep. and then say, okay, now give me a summary recap of these are some of the bond mots of insight that you've heard quoted over and over and over again. Like that would be, well, there's I a, mean, we're Jay, we're going to do that. But also take that podcast. We're gonna take that. that, Take a step further. So it's like, all right, Jay, you have like a a lot of content via the podcast and and just writing. Feed that into your own personal LM or whatever. But your voice, we have so much recording of your your voice. I'm assuming that we could, yeah, pretty much automate your voice at this point. Yeah, which would be really, really actually surreal. (laughs) I would make myself thinner. You'd never know. You like once we have Instagram filters for Zoom, right? I would sign on and I'd be skinny. And, and it would be me talking, but it wouldn't be me talking. It would be filter upon filter upon filter with the AI doing the talk. And I would just be sitting here like drinking a beer and just watching it go. But you're right. There's um, somebody sent me one. It was Samuel L. Jackson reading. I think it was the Declaration of Independence. And it was it was him just yelling. And that is the other part, right? The, 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 the text to speech, but using, you know, running it against someone else's voice. Yeah. It's, or, or just like I mean, like if you're doing a solo, a solo podcast, I should just listen to the, a podcast like yesterday with uh, the guy did this. He has so much content written and speech that he prompted, you know, ChatGPT or whatever, like some questions about the future of whatever. It gave responses. He simply just took the prompts and the responses that uh, the tool gave him and just automated him speaking it. So the entire podcast was him talking, but he didn't say a single word. It was all, like the content was all created automatically. The, the speech was all automatic. And all he did was just get the tool to do it for him. Ooh, you need to, you need to send me that. We need to talk through that because there yeah, might be, I, I would like to, I would really seriously like to mess around with that. I think that would be really interesting. Um, I was going to say, I was going to save some stuff for after the podcast to talk through, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that would be a fun experiment, fun experiment. to say, hey, can we, can we host one of these using Jay without Jay there or have I, Jay be a guest with Jay hosting it? That would, me talking to myself would really, really be interesting. Um, there was, I mean, there was an article I came across, I think, I think it was on Reddit where it was, there was a major Instagram model influencer talking about how she doesn't take photos much anymore. Almost all the content is autogen via mid journey or, or stable diffusion or whatever which is really, really kind of fascinating because if you think about that, there are people paying a monthly fee to get content that you truly can personalize. Okay, send send, send the smiling picture to Mac, but I have a blue shirt. Send it to Steven, but I have a red shirt. I mean, there's... Well, it gets even crazier because like there'll be so much data about each individual person. It won't just be one photo that you show to everybody. It'll be a photo that is highly customized to each individual to be as engaging as possible. So it's like, here's, here's like the default photo of me, but then when you display it to the user, personalize it. So it's uber engaging to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a, a LinkedIn person I follow. Um, Allie K Miller that does a lot in the AI scene. 
And she recently posted a, hey, I just tested this app for doing my professional um, photo. And it generated photos based on ones that she uploaded. Which is insane. I mean, it's insane. So they were all, yeah, they were all her. They looked, I mean, some of them were a little, you know, a little wonky. Um, but some of them looked great. It'd be like, yeah, I, I mean, I could see her using that. It is, I mean, we truly have, we there's, truly have crossed the Rubicon into the unknown, right? There's yeah. so, I mean, now we're getting, so now we're getting into just generic yeah. talk, but there's, <laughs> I did see one that was, a uh, um, an influencer who was big on motorcycles and all that. I didn't validate the story, but my understanding was it was an elder gentleman who loved motorcycles, started posting, got like no views, started running with a filter that made him look like a younger 20 something year old female. And he ran that filter and his views started going up. And then they finally figured out they tried to track her down because she became so popular, found out it was a middle-aged guy. This is like the old days of the internet, right? Where somebody, yeah, yeah. somebody was pretending to be someone yep. else. I mean, we could, I mean, so I'm going to, I'm going to actually cut it here because yep. I think we could literally keep going for another hour. The opportunities are endless. So I want to thank you both for hopping in for our listening audience. If you have other ideas, please hop in the discord, um, get in the conversation and let us know. I, I guarantee you, this is the first of many episodes we're going to do on this topic because there is so much fertile ground and it's moving so fast. It's going to be almost impossible to stay ahead of the curve. So I want to thank you both for your time. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And until next time, this is the Agile Uprising Podcast signing out. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.